0: Aquarian 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 Adventures in Meta-Reality. The Cave, the Fugu and the Void, Episode 1. One can never create a souterrain upon a mere whim. Like a mole or a terrier, it must always be a deep desire that drives us to overcome the seemingly immovable darkness and inertia of the earth and to burrow into her depths. For its execution depends upon the successful and sometimes perilous evocation of the saturnine virtues of strength, perseverance, perseverance boldness and time, not to mention the possession of tools and considerable engineering skills. To dig beneath the earth, even for a short distance, one must become an explorer in a strange world ruled by different laws. It's for good reason that those miners and sappers who laboured through the earth were once known as navigators. Once the purpose that has driven such an exploit, whether it be for the need for safety, swift passage or the search for treasures that lay within her depths has gone, the space that remains is left to haunt us. Priest holes, disused underground railway stations, crypts and their secret tunnels from here to there are left hovering in space and memory. Suspended in stasis, a void within a void. combs are dangerous, and I must warn you to stay with me and not lose your way. I appear to be in some kind of subterranean tunnel. There's a short flight of steps, stone steps, leading down in a tunnel the entrance which is overgrown with ivy and brambles and at the end there would be some kind of caged door behind it says cartridge Store." And I can't see into the chamber I'm emerging, I'm walking up the steps Willow's at the top with her face on i out, I'm turning left. There's another barred door here on my left. I shouldn't believe this is some kind of old ammunition store. And I'm walking out into an open area which appears to be some kind of old gun emplacement. It's a mixture of... Reached the little granite. door, a rusty key was sticking and in the lock. Concrete. And when she turned it, the door flew open. In a little room sat an old, old woman with a spindle spinning her flax busily. There's something deep within the human psyche that seems hardwired to respond to the idea of a cave. For our earliest ancestors, the cave provided not only shelter, but also a place where we could commune with the other world. It was the space where the first flowerings of art and magic and a sense of spirituality began to emerge. The 3rd century pagan philosopher Porphyry told that before the temples were ever built, our religious rites were performed in the caves. And in his own times he would have known of the Roman temples with their subterranean mundus, which meant both earth and womb. And the mystery religions of Sybil, Mithras, Eleusis and even the early Christians in their catacombs, all gestating in their own shadowy caverns. The cave as the primordial space where the mysteries are enfleshed and enacted, is by no means limited to the classical world. Across the world, throughout Asia, Africa and the Americas, we see underground spaces as a focal point of spiritual praxis. In folklore, the cave emerges as a place of both danger and great treasure. A classic example of this is the tale of the treasure-guarding dragon in the mound in the Anglo-Saxon Beowulf epic. We also hear the tales of the fairy caverns in the Hollow Hills, in the Scottish witch trials. We see these fairy caves as places of not only feasting, but also of transformation and initiation. Always the same myth is enacted. One enters the cave... Whatever occurs within is completely and utterly other and bears no relation to anything on this earth. Within the cave, you are consumed and remanifested. If you get stuck in the cave, one is caught in the world of illusion. Such a fate befell Beowulf and his warriors, which leads to the weirdly pessimistic end to the saga. Or Once again, we see this in the claustrophobic worlds of Plato's Shadow Cave, or Blake's picture, Genesis. But then if you return, there is the potential for renewal. As the snake sheds its skin, you step out into a different place to that which you left. One cave myth which is so much part of the Western culture that we barely even see it, is the Christian Easter story. I've often felt that the models of the Easter Garden with its tomb at the centre that appears in churches, houses, schools and gardens each Easter are a wonderful but sadly ignored piece of folk art. Like the tale of Jesus' birth, there's no single tale of his death and resurrection, but what we have is a set of fragmentary tales. All of these come from the Bible though they are all augmented with a good dose of folkloric belief. There is little in the apocryphal texts, as the Gnostics seem to have very little interest in the death and resurrection, as they considered Christ not to be a person, but an eternal emanation of the divine. But to take the middle ground between the Gnostics and the Literalists, one could explore the idea There was no historical character of Jesus, which is quite likely. And what we have is a reforming of the ancient myth of the death and resurrecting of the man-god. And then the tale takes another turn. Once again Osiris, Attis, Adonis, Mithras and their friends peer out from the shadowy darkness of the caves. By this time, the myth takes a mystical turn and it's not just the fertility of the land that is celebrated, but the fertility of our inner spirit. The story tells that after the crucifixion, the body of Jesus is taken to a cave tomb in a garden and is there laid to rest. Folklore tells that the tomb was financed by a rich uncle by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. Legend tells that it was this same man who made his money through the tin trade and came to Cornwall. He landed on the Roseland Peninsula and bringing the boy Jesus with him and later he returned to bring the Holy Grail to Glastonbury. But that is another story. But one cannot help but wonder if he ever brought back some of the Cornish miners with him back to Palestine to hack out the cave tomb in the garden for him. Now there's four different accounts of the story, one in each gospel. But all the accounts seem to have Mary Magdalene as the key player. Who interestingly became something of a spiritual figurehead amongst the Gnostics and the Cathars. She became known as Amara Mary, the Enlightener. The story goes that at sunrise on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and her company go to anoint the body of Jesus, but to their astonishment, they're met with an empty tomb. The four versions of the story then go on to describe the a surreal and inexplicable apparition followed by the return of Jesus as the risen Christ but before this there is this timeless moment where Mary Magdalene stands before the empty cave light meets the darkness and the finite makes that ultimately paradoxical leap into the infinite as she stands on the edge of the void the picture of the empty cave tomb is a potent and evocative image indelibly stamped onto our culture. Echoes of it resound throughout history, manifesting in different times, and different places, in different forms, but always embodying the same nameless mystery. That at the heart of the light is shadow and in darkness there is light. At the heart of being is absence, and at the heart of the void is everything. As the apparition said, why indeed should we look for the living amongst the dead? Not only is the name of Easter of interest as a 7th century English monk the Venerable Bede claimed it was derived from the name of an old Anglo-Saxon goddess of the spring but the dating of the Easter mystery is also of interest. Easter in the Western calendar is on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. An interesting mix of planetary cycles The empty cave tomb cannot be seen in isolation from its relationship with the cycles of the heaven. When time and place and myth meet, the shaft of sun penetrates the darkness of the cave. Nearby to here, at sunset on the winter solstice, at Pisces Hall, Fugu in Constantine, Cornwall, this mystery is enacted. Another more famous example of this is the prehistoric chamber tomb of Newgrange in Ireland where at dawn of the winter solstice the sun shines through a specially designed aperture onto the back wall of the inner chamber. Near Newgrange is the chamber tomb of Loch The entrance to this chamber is orientated towards the east the place of the rising sun on the equinoxes. At dawn, again on the equinoxes, the sun shines upon the rear wall. The surrealist and occultist Isil Coon came here in the 1950s in her exploration of the soul of Ireland. She called this place the Hags Mountains after the legend of the Kaliak, the great dark goddess who is said to haunt this place. In... Uh, 1954, The Crying of the Wind, she describes, As we faced upwards, a hill bathed in a mysterious atmosphere stretched steeply to our left, where a row of giant thorn trees, their berry-laden twigs glowing with a subdued crimson, bordered onto an abrupt green slope. In 2016, we retraced our steps. We picked up a key from the cafe at the foot of the hill. It was a mild sunny day and the slopes were full of families enjoying their outings. But still, throughout the light of the day, the land seemed to hold a strange, numinous quality. At the top of the side of the mound, we unlocked a door and entered. Inside was an ancient cruciform chamber. On its walls were carvings of swirls and spirals and flowers, each flowing and pulsing with life, carved by hands some 5,000 years ago. One example of this phenomena of the empty cave tomb, of which there are a number of examples of Cornwall, is the Fugu. These prehistoric megalithic structures consist of a short stone-lined tunnel about 10 to 20 feet long, just below the surface of the earth. These enigmatic souterrains lead to nowhere but into themselves. Though folk belief often suggests that they are beginning of long secret tunnels. One example of this is the Piskies Hole Fugu in Constantine, which in local legend is said to be either the entrance to a tunnel to the adjacent Fox's Manor House or to a smuggler's tunnel down to the Helford River some miles away. Though I strongly feel that, as with most secret tunnel stories, If such a secret tunnel does exist, it is not for the passage of the body, but for the passing of the dreaming mind. Like the false doorways in the ancient Egyptian temples, these too seem to serve as an entrance into the intangible realms of our imagination. If any journeying is to be done, it is to pass within the confines of the fugu. Their original purpose remains a mystery. None of them have yet yielded any funerary remains or ritual deposits to aid us in our speculations. One suggestion is that they were some kind of underground larder. But one cannot help but think that not only are they rather overbuilt for such a mundane purpose there would also be a potential haven for vermin and rot. Another equally implausible explanation is the idea that they were used as hiding places in times of conflict. The low entrance causing the invaders to bump their heads as as they attempted to enter. Doubtlessly in turn causing the entire war band to fall over like dominoes. The author of this hypothesis doubtfully derived their knowledge of ancient military tactics from Asterix the Gaul. Almost by default, we are driven to more esoteric conclusions. Oh, hello. Can I help you? No digging in here. I beg your pardon? No digging here. No digging here. I have permission from the landlord. Now. Well, you understand about all day, that's sure. a quarry studio production, made in a secret location in a quarry somewhere in West Cornwall. Words, music, sounds and production, Steve Patterson. 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 Engineering, editing, production and additional voice, Dave Wisdom. 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 Additional voice, website design and brainwaves, Lisa Wisdom. Wisdom. If you want to support us, you can do so on patreon.com slash antiquarianadventuresinmetareality. For further information, look us up on stevepattersonantiquarian.com. We look forward to joining you for further antiquarian, antiquarian adventures antiquarian. in meta-reality. Reality.